Filthy Henry Case Files. No Ho Ho. A Christmas Story. Many people would have questioned Filthy Henry's views on Christmas, particularly those who knew the fairy detective on a personal level. Given his default mode was typically one of an antagonist and his irritating nature, to learn that Christmas warmed the lump of coal in his chest was always something of a surprise. Shelley, for example, was one such person. Having worked alongside the fairy detective for years, she felt there was nobody else who truly knew what made Filthy Henry tick. In general, it all revolved around proving how much smarter he was than other people and pulling a con that, in some way, ensured he came out the winner. So knowing that deep down Filthy Henry enjoyed the Christmas season was, Shelley figured, a mystery that only the fairy detective could solve. A line that Filthy Henry regularly said around the holiday season was how he felt Christmas was the last true vestige of magic left in the mortal world. They had long since shunned the mystical for modern technology, in a way losing a part of themselves that they now no longer remembered ever having. Yet once the 1st of December rolled around, something changed. There was a feeling in the air and emotions were charged in a more positive light. It was enough to make people believe in Christmas miracles. One such miracle being Filthy Henry working as a Santa in a shopping centre grotto. As she watched him adjust his fake beard, Shelley struggled to keep a smile from her face. Are we really sure this is needed? Filthy Henry asked, holding out his arms and looking down at his full-on Santa Claus attire, complete with a pillow, stuffed up his bright red coat. I mean, honestly, since when do we go undercover? Shelley shrugged and looked around the fibreglass structure that made up the grotto they were working out of. Her artistic background helped her to appreciate the details of the building they were in. It was constructed like a small wooden cottage, with a cute little fireplace beside a large cushioned armchair. Christmas decorations hung from the faux rafters, while LED bulbs twinkled like snow all around them. The fake windows were frosted inside and out, so that people could have privacy while visiting the big man. In terms of a stakeout, there were worse places Shelley could imagine being. We have to go undercover, because something is happening of a magical nature that we need to figure out what and how to stop it. Then why aren't you dressed up? Filthy Henry asked, adjusting his pillow belly to have it more front and centre. Isn't there a Mrs. Claus that usually helps? No, 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 Shelley said. We follow traditions. And that means Santa and his elves do all this bit, while fantastic-looking other detectives do the outside work. I knew I shouldn't have let you take this case, the fairy detective mumbled, as he walked over and sat down in the armchair. Right, what's going on? Shelley pulled a notepad out from her jacket pocket and flipped through the pages. Stopping on the latest one, she ran her finger down to make sure nothing was missed upon reading it out to the fairy detective.
all of the Santa's grottos around Dublin are complaining of the same strange event happening. Children are given presents in the traditional sense, but when they step out of the grotto it's changed. Most of the time into a broken toy, sometimes into a lump of coal. And this, for obvious reasons, is causing the little ones to start crying. Kids cry! It's what they do, Filthy Henry said, waving his hand dismissively in the air. He looked like a demented god sitting on a throne of lies. I think it might be more about the kids believing that they're on the naughty list, Shelley said. Regardless, it turns out this grotto is ground zero for it all, as every single present that leaves this grotto turns into cold immediately. So what you're saying is that the Jervis Street Shopping Centre grotto is causing everyone to have an unmerry Christmas? Shelley nodded. Now, we need you to play the part of Santa in here while I investigate out there. Maybe use some of your magic to at least give the kids a bit of a show. She turned around and opened the door, stepping out into the shopping centre floor. An orderly queue of impatient families waited on the other side. Shelley caught sight of one of Santa's little helpers and nodded at the student in festive garb. Santa's ready, Shelley said with a hint of a smile. Filthy Henry rarely did nerves. Jumping into dangerous situations required a person to not let irrational fears rule them. But fighting fairies with fire was one thing. Pretending to be a fat jolly man for hordes of children was an entirely different, more terrifying beast. A knock at the door startled a fairy detective. Something he would be sure to never admit to anyone living. One of Santa's little helpers. A youth in her mid-twenties, wearing pointy ears and a full-on elf costume stepped in and walked over to a large chest in the corner of the grotto. Little twin boys, three years old. Both want superhero toys. We've little hero sets here, she said, rummaging in the chest and taking out two gift-wrapped boxes. Here, is this how it's always done? Filthy Henry asked, taking the shiny-wrapped boxes and putting them into a burlap sack at the side by his feet. Of course, the little helper said, going back to the door. How else do you think it was done? Magic? Snorting, Santa's little helper opened the door and ushered the family and twins into the grotto. She greeted them in such an energetic manner that Filthy Henry genuinely thought the youth's hand would take flight, then stepped outside and closed the door behind him. Filthy Henry looked over the faces of the family before him and sighed. Yo, yo, you, he said, leaning back in the chair and waving at everybody. Um, sorry, isn't it meant to be ho, ho, ho? the mother asked, unbuckling the twins from their stroller and handing one over to the father. We're going to try a few new things here, the fairy detective lied with ease. To not offend people. Now, Dad looks like he has 75 million places he'd rather be than here, so how about we get the show on the road? The mother glared at her partner in parenting. Can you not at least bloody pretend for five minutes, she hissed. But I'm here, aren't I? The husband snapped back. Santa, Santa, the twins started chanting, oblivious to their parents' matrimonial moaning taking place. Wiggling and squirming their way free, the tiny terror's zombie walked across the floor and crawled up into Filthy Henry's lap. For a moment, the fairy detective froze. He had not spent a lot of time around children since being one himself. They tended to be annoying creatures, regardless of being fairy or human, that he was simply aware existed but avoided interacting with to now have two of them snuggling up to him and smiling 
was so far out of his comfort zone that Filthy Henry was looking for an exit. Would you get the bloody phone ready for the picture? The mother snapped. I'm not the one who has it glued to my hand all day. Give me a second, the father responded. Neither of the twins seemed to even notice their parents were bickering at all. They just snuggled into the pillow belly of Filthy Henry and started singing We Wish You a Merry Christmas out of tune. It felt like a proper Christmas to the fairy detective. Being over a century in age meant he had seen his fair share of Christmases. Even the fast evolution of the holiday season, from a time spent with family to a shopping spree bonanza of greed and gluttony. Christmas had never been something he had enjoyed growing up. Times had been particularly tough for just himself and his mortal mother. Particularly when the fairy folk spent most of their time trying to make his or his mother's life difficult. By the time modern Christmas had kicked off, with grottos and gifts galore, the fairy detective was well into his fifties. At that time, Filthy Henry had looked like a much younger man, but it still meant he was old enough to not enjoy the magic of the season. As he looked down at the happy children on his lap, then up at the bickering parents, Filthy Henry wondered if sometimes all it took for the spirit of Christmas to be alive was a fairy detective willing to bend the rules. Leshgel na nullig, Filthy Henry said, wiggling his fingers and sending a pulse of magical energy out towards the parents. Hundreds of little green and red sparks drifted through the air, flowing behind the parents and floating up towards their heads. The sparks split into two groups, moving into the left ear of mum and the right ear of dad. Both parents stopped arguing for a second, then smiled at each other and embraced in a one-armed hug. The mother pulled out her mobile phone, tapped the screen, then pointed it at Filthy Henry, with her twins still on his lap. There was a flash, a clicking sound, and both parents smiled while looking at the screen. That's great, the father said. Thanks so much. Ah, oh, you're, you're very welcome, Filthy Henry said, feeling a little off. He reached into the sack and pulled out the boys' gifts as their parents gently lifted the smiling children from his lap. Right as the fairy detective went to hand over the gifts, he felt something magical taking place. It was hard to pinpoint exactly what was going on, but a spell had definitely started to change things in the immediate vicinity of the grotto. There was no doubt in Filthy Henry's mind that the superhero costumes were being transformed into lumps of coal. A transformation that caused, most surprisingly, a lump to form in the fairy detective's throat. No Christmas curse on my watch, he said, then focused his magics on the gifts in his hands. Os branda knuck mura. While Shelley investigated the curse outside, Filthy Henry would give kids off-brand gifts inside. It was not a full negation of what was going on, but it would be enough to stop things spontaneously combusting into coal at the very least. The boys took their gifts and gave him a toothy smile. Thank you, Santa, they said in unison. You're very welcome, Filthy Henry replied, adjusting his beard slightly. Elf, next family. Jervis Street Shopping Centre was, like most of Dublin's shopping centres, designed to keep people inside. It had everything a person could possibly need or want, located under one roof, complete with fluorescent bulbs blaring light down below, and a food court that regularly rotated the healthy option every six months so the other fast food outlets had a fighting chance.
One of the confusing things about the centre, however, was the layout. Upon entering what, from the outside, was a clearly rectangular shaped structure, you were greeted with a very circular style layout. While walking on the ground floor, this was not so obvious. Once a person ascended to the second level, it became a lot clearer to the untrained eye. As Shelley walked away from Santa's Grotto on the second floor, she realised that people could walk in circles forever and never realised where the exits were unless a great mental effort was made to find them. Oh, I hate shopping, she said, moving through the crowds to look for a clear space to think. Since the centre itself was the magical ground zero for coal and gift bags, it made sense that whatever was causing the problems had to be in the centre too. As Filthy Henry was fond of saying, sometimes Occam's razor applied to magical cases just as much as it applied to anything else. Problems did not always have to be wildly esoteric and mystical. They could just be boring and simple. Which meant all Shetty really had to do was find a magical needle in a mortal haystack. Luckily for the other detective, she had a magical magnet with her. Flicking on her fairy vision, the magical second sight that allowed Shelley to see the fairy world which existed beside the human one, she started to look around the shopping centre for any telltale signs that something was out of place. Most likely there was going to be a spell floating in the air, or an object emitting a magical pulse that caused all the Christmas chaos to take place. If the gifts changing into coal did not happen 100% of the time in Jervis shopping centre, it would have made finding the cause much, much harder. But as she looked around the immediate vicinity, Shelley was disappointed. It seemed that even if problems sometimes had very simple solutions, said simple solutions wanted to hide in complex and strange ways. Nothing was jumping out at her as a cause to investigate. Shelley had felt sure that one of the Christmas decorations was going to be the main culprit since evil liked nothing more than to hide their villainous ways out in plain sight. She looked back at the grotto, just in case it was the source of all the unhappiness going on. But it too was just a normal thing, without a hint of magic about it. Deep down, that made Shelley feel a little sad. While it was true that as you grew older, Christmas took on different meanings, she still always felt that some part of her wished that magic infused the grottos all around the city. Oh, sorry, my dear, a man with an appropriately festive beard said, after bumping into her. So many people about. I probably need to lose a few pounds to not bump into others. But I always find it so hard this time of year. No bother at all, Shelley said, looking up at the man and giving him a smile. A smile that resulted in the man frowning. You seem a little down, he said. Is there anything I can help you with? Shelley knew, because of her fairy vision, that there was nothing magical about the man. He was obviously just the sort that could tell what people were thinking merely by looking at them. A skill that, sadly, was dying out as more people interacted with each other solely through technology. Oh, I'm just trying to solve a problem is all, she explained. I need to find something to fix Christmas for a lot of people. The man nodded, stroking his white fluffy beard thoughtfully. I find, he said, staring across the floor to something on the other side of the railings. That sometimes, particularly at this point in the year, a friendly ear can mean the world to a person more than any gift. Shelley looked in the direction he was staring 
and spotted an elderly gentleman sitting alone on a bench, watching the shoppers mill around him. She turned back to talk to the bearded man, but he was gone. Quickly looking left and right, Shelley was unable to catch sight of him again, which, given his sizable girth, was saying something. She looked back at the old man sitting alone and recalled Filthy Henry's top tip when it came to investigating magical cases. There's no such thing as a coincidence, she said to herself. She leaned up from the barrier and made her way around the floor towards the old man. Filthy Henry felt he had an unfair advantage over the other grottos around Dublin, owing largely to the fact that he, unlike the patrons in those pop-up facades, had real magic at his fingertips. Ensuring that the Christmas curse only transformed the gifts into cheap knockoffs that still carried some form of joy, that was child's play. Fixing petty squabbles between parents was one thing, an easy fix that would last for hours. Neither of these spells were enough to be classed as flagrantly breaking the rules. At least not enough that the fairy detective would have to worry about somebody paying him a visit later. But the bit that was really setting Filthy Henry's Santa's Grotto apart was the listening spell he had cast on the door. It worked better than any of the surveillance systems various governments around the world denied having. Picking up just the family waiting to enter and sending the sound directly into Filthy Henry's ear. As he sat in the empty room, the fairy detective listened to the conversation and picked up enough information to get into the spirit of the season. Elf! he shouted. The door opened and the youth from before stepped inside, closing the door behind herself. One kid, she started to say. James, six years old, big fan of those robots that turn into trucks and things. Dad brought him in today because his mum sadly had to work. Filthy Henry said, waving his hand in the air. Got all that. I just need to know, do we have any toys that he'd like? Santa's little helper stared at him in amazement. Are you? No, that couldn't be. That's, that's stupid, she said, shaking her head and pulling out a wrapped gift box from the chest. Filthy Henry took the box out from her hands and slipped it into his burlap sack. Here, when you send them in, could you do me a coffee run? He asked. I'm running a little low on energy. Uh, we, we get a break at two, she said. Filthy Henry leaned forward in his seat, placing one hand on the arm of the chair while pointing a finger at the elf with his right hand. Listen, Missy, he said. You're not too old to not wind up on an audio list. Now send the next ones in and get me a coffee before the next family. You can leave it out the back. Santa's little helper nodded her head rapidly, then opened the door and left. A moment later the door opened once more, and in stepped James with his dad close behind. The dad closed the door and stood a couple of steps away from the chair, motioning for James to approach Filthy Henry. The little boy stood rooted to the spot, staring wide-eyed at the fairy detective. Ho, 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 lo, James, Filthy Henry said, spreading his arms out wide. Want to give dear old Santa Claus a hug? James slowly shook his head. He's a little out of sorts, James' father said, on account of his mum having to work. Something about the way the last word had been said caught Filthy Henry's attention. He leaned back in his armchair and frowned at the father. Where does she work? The fairy detective asked, making air quotes. James's father, 
clearly getting a little emotional, cleared his throat. Uh, she works in hospital. St. James's as it happens. Filthy Henry had often wondered if he had not been born a half-breed, would he have gone into the detective business anyway? Sometimes his mortal detective skills bordered on the magical all on their own. Um, and will she be home for Christmas or is she going to be working? James's father said nothing, clearing his throat and reaching into his pocket to pull out his phone. Go and tell Santa what you want for Christmas, James, the dad said. She works from a bed, James said as he took a slow step forward. Filthy Henry took a deep breath and tapped his left temple, looking at James's father. A quick spark of magic, a small invasion of privacy, and the fairy detective had a better understanding of why James's mother was working from a hospital bed. Thankfully, it was not one of the more critical medical conditions that would have required a fairy truly skilled at healing. But it was a time-running-out sort of situation. Well now, James, the fairy detective said, leaning forward so that he could look the boy in the eye. Why don't you grab one of those candy canes over there and give it to me, while I find some transforming robot in my sack for you? How does that sound? The little boy grabbed a candy cane from a bowl by the door and handed the blue and red striped sweet to Filthy Henry. Meanwhile, the fairy detective cast his anti-curse spell on the gift and gave James what, hopefully, would be a car that turned into another car. Thanks, Filthy Henry said, grabbing the candy cane tightly in one hand. Three blina Ella. For a split second, the candy cane glowed before the colours all changed and it became a solid yellow sweet. He held it up to James's father. Give that to your wife today, the fairy detective said. She'll be out in time for Christmas. James's dad took the offered candy cane, giving Filthy Henry a look of disbelief. Trust me, Filthy Henry said, smiling through his fake beard. I'm Santa Claus. Okay, James's dad said, taking his son by the hand and pocketing the sweet. Merry Christmas? They left via the back door of the grotto. Right as Santa's little helper stepped in with Filthy Henry's coffee order, discreetly hidden inside an overly decorated box. As she closed the door with her food, she reached into the box and took out a large coffee cup with a metal straw in it. If you're going to drink outside, best to stay in character. Most about there has the spots you can hide and drink in without being seen, but you never know. Grand job, Filthy Henry said, taking the cup from her and stepping out of the grotto via the back door. True to her word, the back area of the grotto was a little hidden haven of storage boxes and decorations. Most of the adorable fiberglass cottage had been continued on to form a cave of sorts. Filthy Henry had the impression that he was actually sitting in a little winter wonderland style forest. Without much effort, he even found a spot he could sit in and observe the shopping centre floor without himself being seen. Scanning the crowd, he spotted Shelley making her way on the opposite side of the second floor towards something. She was walking with a purpose, which the fairy detective knew meant something had caught her attention. Which was good. Being Santa was starting to become fun, but it went against Filthy Henry's usual personality traits. The sooner the case was wrapped up, the better. As he looked amongst the faces of the shoppers, Filthy Henry caught sight of a jolly fat man in a beard walking through the crowd. Typically, this would not be something that the fairy detective even paid much attention to. 
but given that the shopping centre was jammed with people, the fat man had a lot of empty space around him. In general, only a fairy creature could walk with such luxury as personal space in a crowded area. Because mortal minds could not explain the magic surrounding the fairy and just avoided them instead. But the beard was a very specific thing. Dagda, what are you doing here, you chubby ba? Filthy Henry started. Oh, Santa doesn't say bad words. The fairy detective was so startled that he nearly dropped his coffee, catching it just as some splashed over the side. He looked around to see a young girl standing where no young girl had previously stood. She pushed a fake tree back into place, securing the area once more. How did you get back here, little one? Filthy Henry said in a cheery tone, while trying to find his Dagda-like suspect in the crowd once again. The fat fairy was nowhere to be seen. I I wanted to come and talk with you, the girl said. My name's Grace. Because you wouldn't know that. Here, of course I'd know that. Filthy Henry said, making sure his beard was nicely placed and turning on his box to look at her. I'm Santa. Grace grimaced and shook her head. Nice try, she said. I'm old enough to know how this works. You're just an actor. What? That's not true, Filthy Henry stammered. It's fine. He can't be everywhere at once, so he hires actors to work in the grottos and you all send him reports. Here, I feel like we might be stepping on some copyright issues here, the fairy detective said. Anyway, what are you doing back here? Grace moved over to the railings and peered through the glass at the floor below. Well, I wanted to ask if Santa could help that little old lady down there, selling the wreaths of holly. Filthy Henry frowned, craning his neck to look at the lower level. Nestled in between a sunglasses store and a kiosk that seemed to sell car insurance, was a little pop-up stall with an old woman selling Christmas wreaths. There was a lot to take in from this strange sight. Most importantly, the fact that Jervis Street Shopping Centre didn't allow for pop-up stalls to operate. Using his fairy vision, Filthy Henry tried to see if there was anything about the old woman that might be magically oriented. But from his secret Santa perch, nothing was jumping out. Looking back around the level they were on, Filthy Henry saw Shelley sitting down beside an old guy on a bench. If this had been a normal case, without all the fake beards and faux fat stomachs, the fairy detective would have just gone down to the old woman to get a better look. But there were grumpy kids on the other side of a grotto that about as much structural integrity as a house of cards in a hurricane. They had already waited five minutes for Santa's coffee break. Making them wait any longer would surely be classed as a hate crime of some description. Grace, Filthy Henry said, would you like to help Santa out? Hi, is this spot taken? Shelley asked the elderly gentleman, pointing to the empty space on the bench. The old man looked up at her and smiled, gesturing towards the seat. Oh please, he said, turning back to stare out at the throng of Christmas shoppers. As Shelley sat down, she noticed his left foot was tapping along to the tune of Jingle House Rock, playing over the shopping centre Tannoy perfectly in step with the beats and rhythm. She was not even sure, despite hearing the songs since childhood, that it was a trick Shelley could repeat herself. I'm Shelley, she said, leaning towards the old man and smiling. Noel, the old man said. Noel Snow. Oh, a pleasure, Shelley said. Are you out doing some Christmas shopping? 
Noel pursed his lips, the lines around his eyes and mouth deepening. He shook his head in the negative. No, I've only got one family member alive, and we, well, we had a falling out last year. Oh, that's what Christmas is typically about, right? Shelley said. Giving presents and fighting with your family. Noel shrugged his shoulders. Well, we didn't do that growing up, he said. Our Christmas looked a little different back then. Shelley pushed her fairy vision to its limit, allowing her to see as much of the magical spectrum as her eyes could drink in. Sitting this close to Noel, it was easier to see the faint magical aura coming off him, as most fairies had. It had a brown tint to it, like a dark oak wood, but there were also streaks of light passing through it. Looking at the aura, it was easy to assume you were strolling through some woods on a sunny day. Noel coughed, covering his mouth with his left hand. Oh, you're not feeling well? Shelley asked. Oh, just something I picked up. I can't seem to shake it. Although it's been hanging round for about a year, I suppose. So you've been sick since last Christmas? Oh, since the argument, yes, Noel said, nodding. Funny thing, that. Filthy Henry handled situations like this differently to how Shelley would. He spent most of his time proving that he was the cleverest person in the room. That the fairy folk had been outwitted by a half-breed, the highest form of insult the magical races could know. But Shelley liked to try things with a nicer approach to her fairy detective co-worker. Good manners and pleasant conversation could get information just as easily as being a wise-ass. Would I be right in saying that you're a fairy? she asked. Noel's head whipped around towards her. His mouth opened in surprise. How did you know? he asked. Oh, I'm a friend of Filthy Henry, Shelley said. Oh, him. I'm sure he's been on Santa's naughty list for decades at this stage. Well, I suppose it's always good to have a steady supply of coal, Shelley said. Noel chuckled. Oh, that's very good. So what happened then last Christmas? And please, don't break out into a cheesy song. We don't do that sort of thing in these stories. Ah, oh, it was just typical sibling stuff. You know how it goes. An argument about nothing that blew up into something much bigger than what it really was. Shelley had seen this movie a hundred times over and was sure Hollywood would make a hundred more. It was the basic plot for most Christmas films. Somebody said something years ago to someone else and everyone made a big deal out of it. But knowing the fairy world, Shelley figured that there was clearly going to be something more to it than simple sibling disagreement. Whatever had happened between Noel and his sibling was somehow causing everyone's gifts to turn into coal. Right then a little girl approached the bench and smiled at Shelley. Hello, the girl said waving. Santa sent me with a message. Shelley smiled at her. Oh, isn't that nice? What's the message? Have I been a good girl this year? I'm not sure. He didn't tell me that bit. And this is exactly what he told me to say. Would you stop trying to get a date, you gold digger, and look at the woman selling wreaths on the first floor? Shelley frowned, then slowly looked over at the Santa's grotto. Nestled amongst some of the Christmas trees and fake snow cave was the grumpiest of Santas the world could ever want. He waved at her, pointed at something on the floor below, then ducked out of sight. I'm going to get him the biggest bag of coal this world has ever seen, Shelley said, standing up and looking over the railings at the floor below. She spotted an old woman selling holly wreaths 
from a little pop-up stall. None of the shopping centre staff seemed to be approaching her, despite there being a rule about pop-up stalls not being allowed in the complex. Shelley slowly looked back at Noel and raised her eyebrow in a quizzical manner. Your sibling wouldn't happen to be the one down there selling wreaths, would she? Noel Snow smiled like a child with her hand caught in the biscuit tin. Right, up you get, Shelley snapped at him. We're off to see Santa. Filthy Henry waved a cheery goodbye to the latest family as they left with their knock-off presents. He was, despite himself, getting into the spirit of things. Pun completely intended. After the case was over, the fairy detective would feel a pang of sadness hanging up his fake beard. Seeing the smiles on the children's faces really had him considering if this could be an annual gig he would partake in. Assuming the fairy world behaved for the month of December, of course, maybe that would be the secret to peace and happiness. If they all thought Filthy Henry actually worked for Santa Claus, the fairy folk might not run the risk of getting coal in their stockings. Tapping his ear, Filthy Henry started to listen on the other side of the door via his spell. We're terribly sorry, folks. It won't take too long and I'm sure we can sort out some hot chocolate for the children while you wait. There was an eruption of cheers from the kids, with several groans from the parents, as they knew the sugar would result in hyperactive little brats. The door to the grotto opened and Shelley stepped in, pulling two old people along with her. Santa's little helper popped her head around the door. They jumped to the head of the line before I could stop them, she said. That's fine, Filthy Henry replied, making a placating gesture with his hand. Chances are these two won't see too many more Christmases, so let's give them their time with Santa. Santa's helper shrugged her shoulders and ducked back outside, closing the door. You should show your elders some respect, the old woman said, pointing at Filthy Henry. Listen, lady. I barely show my own father respect. Don't we know, the old man said, looking at the woman who gave him an agreeing nod. Filthy, let me introduce Noel and Noel Snow, Shelley said, waving at the old people. Noel coughed, which seemed to cause Noel to start sneezing. After a few seconds of coughing and sneezing from the duo, they stopped and stepped apart from each other. You're sick, Filthy Henry asked, knowing that he was stating the obvious. The both of you. Oh, we're not, we're not well, Noel said. Shelley tittered, then immediately looked embarrassed. I'm sorry, she said. Just not well and Noel and Noel. Sorry, I thought you were making a pun. Everyone else stared at her for a second, before turning back. Filthy Henry sat upright in his armchair and tried to look like an elder god seated on his throne while looking at his subjects. Right. Let's have it. What's going on between you two then? The fairy detective asked. Well, somebody just can't face it. Then I'm more important around this time of year, Noel said. More important? Ha! Noel responded. Without me, you wouldn't have this time of year to celebrate in the first place. Plus, let's not forget, I'm still the strongest one right now. Right now? Filthy Henry asked. The snows nodded but said no more. It was clearly going to be one of those cases, the sort that required thinking in order to solve. But Filthy Henry had an idea appear in his head, the inkling of an old myth that would fit nicely with what was happening right in front of him. So you're twins, right? he asked. 
Again, a silent nod in lieu of a verbal response. You've been fighting since last Christmas, I'm guessing. Probably an argument that started on the main day itself, rather than just before it. Another nod, but slower this time. And the cough and sneeze, that's something that's been going on all year too. Filthy Henry watched possibly the slowest nod he had ever seen take place. Behind the snows, he could see Shelley as her interest was piqued. She had worked with him long enough to know when his line of questioning was not so much probing but pushing towards an answer. Nobody seems to be able to help us with it either, Noel said. I've visited basically everyone. Me too, Noel chimed in. The fairy detective tugged down his fake beard so that it rested beneath his chin and grinned at them. You're sick because the two of you are a single spirit split in two, Filthy Henry said. You're twins, yeah, but ones that need to work in harmony so that the spirit of the season is alive and well. With you arguing, you're not in alignment and the problem is that magical malaise is now seeping into the mortal world. Isn't that right, my kings? Both the snows looked at each other then snapped their fingers. There was a brilliant flash of white light and the faintest sound of jingling bells in the air. As his eyes adjusted, Filthy Henry no longer looked upon two old people, but two fairies in their normal form. Noel had transformed into an extremely tanned and muscular man in his prime, with an amazing beard that seemed to be made from leaves instead of hair. Sitting on top of his head was a large wooden crown made from polished oak. A similar transformation had taken place with his sister, who now appeared as a slender woman no more than thirty years old. She wore a flowing white gown that seemed to sparkle like stars around the hem and a crown made from holly branches and berries on her head. I never liked the fact we both got called king, Noelle said, adjusting her crown and sending little trails of white light drifting into the air with her movement. It's just how things were called back then, Noel said his frail old man voice replaced with a strong, booming one. If we'd appeared for the first time in this age, the titles would be different. I'm sorry, Shelley said, stepping in between the transformed fairies. I'm still not sure who we're talking to. Oh, that's the Oak King, Filthy Henry said, pointing at Noel. And his sister's the Holly King. They're sort of like our primordial representations of Santa Claus. We are his agents, actually, Noel said. Shelley nodded along in complete understanding until Noelle's last sentence, at which she stopped nodding and frowned. Hang on. There's something I'm not understanding. Can we deal with one Christmas emergency at a time? Filthy Henry cut her off. Now, Snows, given the solstice is approaching, we have a very limited window to fix this. If you aren't realigned before December 22nd, then Christmas is going to be ruined for everyone in Ireland. I'm going out on a limb here and guessing that's what the argument's all about, right? The changing of the guard that happens in a few weeks. Both the fairies nodded their silly-crowned heads. This time it was Filthy Henry who groaned. I swear to Dagda, it never ceases to amaze me how the traditions you lot came up with, yourselves, cause you to fall out so often. You both know it must happen, so why argue about it? Because she said she's more important than me, and we all know that's not the case. Noel snapped. I never said I was more important. I simply said that after the 22nd, they're hanging wreaths of holly for me because I'm the spirit of Christmas. But so am I. Filthy Henry jumped out of his armchair and stood between the pair of them, 
he figured that the sight of Santa Claus, standing up to proto-Santa Claus twins, would have been a movie Hollywood would never have made. Because they were so focused on rebooting things these days. But if he let the fairies argue, then it could get heated, and things would be ruined for a full year. I'm just going to explain this to you both. Even though you're millennia older than me, and you should know it already, Filthy Henry said, glaring from one fairy to the other. You're both important for Christmas to be a thing that mortals enjoy. It's always been that way. Just because the Oak King's powers wane after the winter solstice, so that the Holly King can be stronger, doesn't mean anyone is less important. Sure doesn't it revert again during the summer solstice, and with good reason. It's to give one of you a break. Both fairies took deep breaths, as if they were going to respond, then exhaled and looked utterly confused at what Filthy Henry had just said. He's right, you know, Shelley chimed in. Think about how it would be to have to keep the spirit of Christmas alive all year round on your own. If anything, being the one who's powered up at this point of the year is the raw deal. It means you can't be the one relaxing. Noel bowed his head thoughtfully. I never considered that he said. I mean, dear sister, what a gesture you've made over the years, and all I could think about was my own ego. Well, I'm just silly, Noel said. If you didn't carry the load during the summer, then there would be no festive spirit for me in the winter. Do you think you can forgive me? Noel asked, spreading out his arms wide. Of course I can, Noel said, stepping around filthy Henry to hug her twin. A gentle pulse of magic shot out in all directions from the embracing twins. The fairy detective closed his eyes and felt the magic of Christmas realign itself. When he opened them again, the twins had disappeared. Hmm, Shelley said. Did we solve a case without needing fireballs and trickery? Filthy Henry took the beard back in place and sat down in Santa's armchair once more. Look, it's a Christmas miracle. Now listen. Out you get. I've a line of little kiddies waiting to visit the big man. On the upper level of the shopping centre, often considered the quiet level, given how few people frequented it, a portly man looked down at the Santa's grotto and smiled with pride. Slowly, the wave of magical energy spread outwards from the fibreglass construction. The feeling of happiness and joy carried instantly seen and felt by people around. Children stopped arguing, parents smiled and displayed public affection. It was a delightful thing to witness. You did a good job, that boy of yours, a voice said beside him. Nick, the portly man said, smiling and scratching his chin through his beard. I thought I felt you around here. Well, there's no getting past Dagda, chief of the Celtic gods, Nick said, striking a dramatic pose and holding his hands up in the air. You obviously were involved in what happened below, Dagda said, giving Nick a conspiratorial wink and fluffed up his snowy beard. The rules don't really apply to me, he said. But still, sometimes it's more fun to suggest in secret how to fix things. Dagda nodded and looked down at the happy children exiting the grotto with their gifts. And the little girl, he asked. Oh, just one of my helpers. I can't be everywhere at once. You know that. Hence contracting out to local deities for the year-round work. Time only stops for me on the 25th. I've always been jealous of that, Dagda said. 
Must be nice to have time itself work with you when you have a job to do. Nick let out a deep, hearty laugh. He nudged Dagden the ribs with a playful elbow jab. How about we have a little fun just here? he asked. Dagda looked up at the ceiling of the shopping centre, his eyes darting along the sprinkler system as he thought about a way to bend the rules. Malfunction with the sprinkler system. It's an easy suggestion to drop into the minds of the mortals. Shouldn't raise too many questions. Well then, you do your thing and I'll do mine. Short. Sixty minutes. Nothing crazy. But enough to bring a bit of magic into the world. Dagda made a sweeping gesture with his hand and sent the memory suggestion down to everyone in the shopping centre. Nick raised his hands up and pointed towards the ceiling, sending out tufts of snow and clouds that hung in the air. In a manner of seconds, it began to lightly snow on the shoppers below. The pair watched as all the mortals looked up in surprise and joy, some scooping up snow and making snowballs indoors. Nullig dit, Dagda said, offering his hand to Nick. Merry Christmas, old friend, Nick replied with a smile, enthusiastically shaking the god's hand. Filthy Henry, Haste Files, No Ho Ho, A Christmas Story, is an original story by Derek Power. Be sure to check out Accidental Legend, our latest season, freely available on all platforms. If you're interested in other works by Derek Power, head on over to Amazon. His books are available now on Kindle. Narration and music was by Niall Milton. We would like to take this opportunity to wish all our subscribers and listeners a very happy Christmas. And if anything does go bump in the night on Christmas Eve, just be sure you've left some cookies out. <laughs>